This is the audio version of Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, the weekly live podcast covering the latest headlines from the world of con culture and San Diego Comic Con, and all the surrounding stuff and nonsense. This is Series Five, Episode Four, recorded live on the twentieth of August, two thousand seventeen, and we get a little deep this week, starting by looking back at this year's Hall H at San Diego Comic Con, the programming, the line management, and the efforts of CCI to marshal the mania and hype around the big headlining venues, and where the organization can go from here towards Comic Con two thousand eighteen. We also look at the role and purpose of political discussion in the framework of creative endeavors. And also the upcoming week in television, just to lighten the mood. Almost, we almost pull it off. Talking Comic Con is part of an Englishman in San Diego dot com, supported by the generous donations of its fans and followers. Join the family and keep up to date with the latest updates by supporting at Patreon dot com slash Englishman SDCC. Welcome along to、uh, Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. It's、uh, fruit herbal tea time for me、uh, because <laughs> I had、um, a, a fun evening. I basically、uh, caught up with some friends and basically indulged, and you can't begrudge me for that. But、uh, whatever state of uh, uh, play you're in at the moment, I know it,、uh, in uh, Washington uh, at the moment they are still in party mode at Funko HQ. I don't know if everyone's been watching streams for for that, but it's looking like a lot of fun. Uh, there,、uh, if anything, because we've now got our chance to have a look around、uh, streams from inside the building, and what they've actually done with that building, I, I don't know if anyone's seen the, the the footage so far of Funko HQ, but they've just turned it into Wonderland. It's it's not unlike any corporate headquarters outside of Pixar I've ever seen in my life. It's very very impressive.、Uh, but so do check out the Funko HQ.、Um, Uh, hashtag for more, and I'm certain that、uh, they'll be doing more streams、uh, throughout the course of the、uh, the next 24 hours. But they're indulging and enjoying themselves there. We have our two guests with us today,、uh, which is、uh, we have Alyssa Franks from the Friends of Comic Con Forum. Hello, Alyssa. How are you? I'm well. I was just going to say, how's preparation for New York coming? I haven't <laughs> really started yet. Um, we're I'm just still wrapping up with Boston Con. I'm trying to get ahead on some of my articles.、Um, I'm doing a little bit of work with a not one of our writers, and、um, on Death Note and、um, the Tick, which I'm really looking forward to later on this week.、Um, trying to get some of my articles done. I've got three articles that I'm still in waiting. <laughs> to do from San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> Let's get that. Well, Yeah,、board. I mean, I know what you mean. I mean, there's a couple of、um, recap, and I do keep wondering if I've left it a little bit too late to post these. But there's certainly one which I'll be posting tomorrow, which is going to be about the topic we're talking about today,、um, which I actually wrote as a part of an interview, which、uh, somebody else、uh, asked me some questions about Paul H, and it ended up being something which I think I can post independently. So I'm going to post it tomorrow. And、uh, we're definitely going to dive into that conversation. So、um, yeah, I mean, what topics have you got on? On the docket for your recap, or is it just going to be a nice big post about? Oh no, your misadventures.、Um, 
No, I, I handle the small cons differently than I handle San Diego. Uh, I don't do in the small conventions like in Boston Comic Con. I do the day one, day two, day three, and that's more to get people's excitement in case people are local or want to come on down. Um, you know, and catch it, catch the day of it. Just give people who are from out of town an idea about what's happening with regards to lines and so forth. With San Diego, it's more of a targeted approach. So um, I still have yet to finish. I'm doing an article on first-time cosplay, uh, what what my experiences were getting the costume together and showing it for the first time at San Diego. Um, I've got a press room article, which I need to write on 12 Monkeys, which I'm tremendously looking forward to the fourth season. Um, I'm a huge fan of that show. Uh, and I've got a lot of, you know, I had a lot of interesting comments from and got a lot of insight from the press room so those are the two big articles i there's a third one in there but i don't really remember it at this point because the memory is a little fuzzy <clears throat> lack of alcohol major is drinking all of mine <laughs> oh my word i mean what, we, we really are setting a bad example for the kids aren't we it's just it's terrible uh, <laughs> there we go and uh, we're also joined by um graham small uh, who's uh, joining us? Where can we find? You know what? I've never even worked out where we find you. It's you're all over the place usually. Probably a good thing, yeah. Um, hello, good afternoon. I've not had any alcohol. I feel quite left. Um, <laughs> you guys are six hours ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here drinking tea as you're supposed to on this hangout. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of scattered about on Twitter, and I've got a YouTube channel that I've recently uploaded. All my uh, GoPro holiday, uh, holiday videos from. There's a couple of Q ones in there and some stuff about LA. But I've typically, I'm not that heavy on social media. I'm more a stalker. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I, I know that you did post a fair amount, certainly of uh, San Diego and certainly of uh, D23 as well, which you and I attended together. So I think we'll we'll dive in uh, today. By the way, we are going to be talking about. Um, well, all sorts of bits and pieces. Um, there's plenty of things that we can get into today, but we are primarily going to be talking about Hall H and the big rooms of San Diego Comic-Con, um, the a, a kind of state of the union, as it were, uh, in terms of um, where it um, was programmed this year. Uh, we're also going to be talking about some of the other big rooms as well and how they still managed to um, cause a lot of consternation at uh, Comic-Con, but also where they actually stand in terms of the rest of the um, interest and uh, distractions that take place in San Diego, whether it's still a relevant room, uh, especially with the uh, the the, uh, the studios that are uh, showing up and what they're actually bringing and the, the, the way that they bring their content uh, to uh, Comic-Con. So do jump in on the Q&A if there's any uh, stories you have of your time at uh, San Diego uh, any of your lining up uh, camp stories, perhaps, uh, or anything that you want to share, and uh, we'll uh, fold them into the conversation. So, I mean, you and I did D23, um, and obviously, we kind of, as we were leading up to D23, we were kind of uh, considering it like a normal convention. We were kind of uh, talking about them as like it was two conventions back to back, and as I uh, have talked about in the past, D23 wasn't convention it was a love letter back from disney um what was your take on lining up at san diego in comparison to d23 uh, do you feel that um san diego still has some way to go or do they or are they is it is it surprising that it's still as smooth as it is with the amount of people that go uh, you can see 
a clear difference. And I mean, I've only done uh, two Comic Cons and I've done one D23 and lining up for Hall D23 for the Saturday morning, which 8,500 user room um, was very smooth, although it was hellish because of the <laughs> change overnight and, and the conditions we had to sleep out in. The actual queue management, um, getting in there, the way it was organized was levels above San Diego. Um, you compare that to Hall 8 Saturday, which I tried to get into, and uh, I was part of a group that queued up some half past 10 on the Friday morning to get in and didn't even get a, a wristband. Um, yet, you know, I think it was 18 hours at Hall D23, and we were second row. So, you know, it's... I think San Diego really need to look at, particularly the Saturday Hall H um, offering and how to better manage that so people are not losing a whole day, not having people jump in the queue and cause massive, you know, massive aggro for, for everyone who's queued up patiently and followed the rules. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a, a good question when it comes, I mean, we do talk about Saturday as being that pinnacle of uh, the the. the queuing up uh, issues with uh, Hall H. I put the question to Alyssa first. Um, we, we could even suggest uh, that they break up programming. They could uh, do something with st- uh, turning off the focus when it comes to D23. Obviously, that is to some degree out of Comic-Con's hands because obviously you're going to have companies that are going to request the Saturday slot. But at the end of the day, is it a, a case now that um, it doesn't matter what they do with their programming, it's still going to be something that it, it's it's just the, the thing to do when it comes to Comic-Con? So your question is, is it... Is it still the thing to do, what, yeah. Regardless of what they program? Yeah. I don't think so. I think that the combination of having Warner Brothers in the morning and Marvel in the afternoon um, is going to be the, you know, the motivation for doing it. Uh, for me, I was not going to do Hall H this year until Warner Brothers came in. And then once I was there, I figured, well, why not stay for the Marvel? Because a couple of panels in between were good, too, were interesting, of interest, too. So I, I don't I don't think that. I think that they're going to have to maintain that level um, of uh, of interest for the, the, the panels. Um, I, but I will say that I, if it was just Marvel, I would not have stayed for the the. Um, I would not have gone into Hall H because, to my mind, the Marvel formula is getting stale. Well, that's something that's something that I was going to lead into uh, a little bit further down the line, but we can sort of like talk about that now as well. Um, something that I've always maintained is uh, the two things that bring people back to Hall H year after year. Number one is that level of excitement that you have when you have six and a half thousand people. That amount of noise, that amount of passion in one room, it really does get the blood up. Um, but then, of course, you have what is actually appearing up on stage. Um, and I think that studios still need to learn that it's about the unique experience. This year, do you think that, I'll put this to both yourself and Graham, did you think that this year perhaps it was a little bit PowerPoint 
uh, that it was video content and it doesn't matter what um, cast they brought out on stage. At the end of the day, it was just, okay, roll the clip. Um, Graham? Uh, Graham? I, I did Hall H on Friday, and, and second year of Hall H on Friday, and the, the standout panel was probably Preacher because they took a different approach. They had brought a bit of a band on. It was funny. They really interacted with the audience. They let uh, Joe Gilligan just crack on. It was brilliant. Um, and then, but the, the panels we really queued up for, um, Fun Lewis is here as well. Um, <laughs> the, the, the panels we queued up for, Walking Dead um, and Game of Thrones, were the same as last year. A little bit disappointing. Um, it's, I don't know, it's, I, I get your point. It's a bit, you know, it's a bit PowerPoint, it's a bit paint by numbers. Yeah, I think if they, I mean, they they did kind of try to do something starting about two three years ago with the um, wall banners, the wall screens, which um, certainly Warner Brothers took full advantage of this year, um, which did turn it into something which you had to be in the room to experience. Yeah, but we're now four years down the line, and only Warner Brothers did that this year, which says a lot. Um, what was what was your take on it, Alyssa? Because I think you're very similar to me. I mean, you started going to Comic Con the same year I did. Um, I don't know how many times you've done Hall H. Um, I mean, what, what was what was your take on it this year in terms of how studios approach their panels? I like uh, I, as as Graham said. I, I find them to be formulated. Um, and I'm, I'm tired of the, uh, the Marvel panel. Um, I wish that I had, uh, done a press room instead. I had an opportunity to do a press room and I wish that I had done other things with my time on Saturday, um, afternoon. I will say that I enjoyed the Warner Brothers panel because they, at least, while I'm not as excited about their content, they at least are bringing, uh, innovation to the performance. I, the the Leonard Skinner the band <laughs> that's Kansas that that sounds that's brilliant why not you know why can't you bring some traditional excitement you know some some different stage performances bring a production person into these these panels and schedule it don't just have um uh fine um don't just have uh you know a, a one higher up in Marvel, introducing all of these cast members, having them walk on stage and wave and then walk off stage. What I liked about the more, the Warner Brothers panel is at least we got a little bit of, of, um, information. a little bit of theatrical. And talk. And, you know, so I got to hear from the director and, you know, a little bit and maybe have an in-depth panel with the directors, not, not in, um, Hall H, but in a different room with, you know, with one or two stars. Bring, bring uh, a cohesive uh, presentation for our, uh, a show like Blade Runner forty nine, for example. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of the um, Alien. Um, uh, sorry, um, not it wasn't Alien. It was um, the the previous uh, Alien film um, where they actually had a live. A satellite link with Ridley Scott in Iceland, 
which was um, it was it was something unique. It was something uh, individual that you, you could only experience in that room. Um, at which point you then start um, asking um, what the studios want to get out of uh, Comic-Con. Is it for the six and a half thousand people in the room who will then spread the word evangelically? Or is it a case of getting the headlines, which they can then bounce off? I think, uh, like, I, I think the, the trailers. Yeah, I don't think they're doing it for the people in the room. They're doing it. Look what we showed at Comic-Con. It's, it's a buzz, isn't it? It's, you look all the, the papers and the news afterwards. It's, this is what's shown at Comic-Con. It, it was. It's. It, it's no longer about people in the room. It's the headline, and, and you've got to be in Hall H. But it, it does not have to be on Saturday, does it? The no. first, Thursday and Sunday. If you spin it off, because Thursday, you could, Thursday was a walk-in. Sunday was a walk-in. Um, you know, don't just take the approach that we've got to be in there on Saturday. And yeah, I mean, yeah, we've got a couple of people who are commenting. Um, Dan Berry, Hall H is uh, overrated. Uh, Ifran LaGuardia, I think Comic-Con needs to have an online system to get into Hall H, uh, just like the Badgers just choose people randomly. We'll come back to uh, solutions and uh, comments like that in a bit. Um, Friday Hall H is not immune. Last two years were weaker for Friday, and I heard those lines were not as bad as prior. Um, uh, that's uh, Michael Leventhal. Uh, so Saturday, I don't think, is immune. Um, Andrew Dickinson, I walked into Hall H on Thursday and Sunday. But uh, that wasn't a lister, although it was supposed to. Uh, was surprised to be able to walk into Doctor Who, um, which I think we did. Um, uh, yeah, I walked in about forty-five minutes, and yeah, you could just walk into uh, uh, Doctor Who. Admittedly, it was um, Dirk Gently prior to Doctor Who, so it was um, it was very much a case of uh, what you're going to get uh, appealed for. What's that, sir, Graham? You walk in on Friday after Game of Thrones, had you opened the doors? Because it was half empty. Yeah. Uh, wow. Was... I, mean, I also heard there was a lot of walk-ins for Ballroom 20 as well. So I forget where I heard this from, and it's probably on the forum, but I believe um, on Friday there were a couple, were there a couple of shoots outside that were yeah. not put into the room? Yeah. Uh, and that there was plenty of room on Friday? The uh, the hall emptied, about 50% of the hall emptied, we, we were in, um, after Game of Thrones because there was Twin Peaks, and uh, I think that then, it, what was after Twin, Twin Peaks? It was Twin Peaks, it emptied for Twin Peaks basically, and then there was um, Preacher after that, and they weren't letting people in between them panels, so that, honestly I took pictures, was, the hall was 50% emptied, they could have got everybody in, because people wanted to queue up for Defenders. Mm-hmm. They let them in, but yeah, for a good hour and a half, hour and forty-five minutes, they did not let people in. I know that um, Mark Serby wants to talk about uh, Twin Peaks and that whole debacle. Um, so yeah, he, he has brought that up himself. Um, let's see what else. Uh, let, I mean, let's try and talk about where Comic Con is at the moment when it comes to the various other uh, appeals. I've said it. I think Alyssa said it. I mean, we've got a frame, LaGuardia, who's also messages saying, um, I was in Hall H for Saturday, got in line early Friday, long day. We took turns and uh, thinks that this will be his last time for Hall H. Uh, I missed too much that I could have been doing besides Hall H. It's very exciting, but I've done it more than once and it's time to move on and uh, check everything else. Um, 
I actually put a message to Eddie Ibrahim, uh, very similar to this, about how I felt in very much uh, Efrain's boat, that I felt that um, it was now time to move on from all age and explore. And he actually turned around and said, I actually want you to do that. I would be put, because he is the director of programming, not just for Hall H, but all the rest of uh, San Diego Comic-Con. And they put so much stuff on this year and he would, would like us all to kind of take the focus off Hall H and actually explore the rest of the, the convention, um, which I thought was a refreshing thing for him to say. So, Yeah, so balance it out better. You know, yeah. Big hitters on, on Saturday and Hall H, put them up Thursday and Sunday or leave the room at midday. You know, give people the opportunity to do that. Yeah. You know, Friday Saturdays are the days, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you have a wry smile on your face, Alyssa. Well, so here's the, you know, here's the third rail of, of the conversation is what can Comic, is Comic-Con, is CCI trying to make it so difficult for us to get into Hall H? Probably not. I don't think they're intentionally doing it, but by the nature of how it's currently set up for the lines, because yes, we have to talk about lines at some point. Um, I think that it's, it's lost its fairness, how it was managed this year. And I think that um, it needs to be either the lines either need to be monitored better or police better police better or some something else to make it more fair for people who are getting into it because there are a lot of people who haven't been into hall h and we've been in a few times so yes let's you know let's take a break let's you know let other people get into hall h instead of us but we need to make it fairer for people who don't know the system as well as we do it's not just a system, is it? You, you've got to make it fair. Uh, people stick to the rules. You know, if you're holding a place for five people, it's five people. It's not 55. Um, right. Yeah, there was the group I was with, and I was in Hall H all day Friday, uh, and I was lucky enough, um, Nico and Cassandra queued up from half past ten on Friday morning. They, they kept a space for themselves and Lewis. We went and joined them at seven o'clock. Um, and we thought, absolutely, we'll get in. By the time they started giving out wristbands, the queue had massively, massively grown. And you just knew we weren't, get, we weren't getting them. So it was like 10 o'clock at night, they'd been there for 12 hours, and they never even got a wristband because people were not following the rules. It's Or, or at least they were following the rules, but they were abusing yeah, possibly the system or sense. gaming the system. Yeah. I think gaming the system is a better way of saying it. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of, of points that I, I wanted in the Q&A that I wanted to bring out. One was from Aaron that he was saying, Aaron Nablus, um, SDCC fit, that he wanted um, it, that he felt as though he needed to spend the entire time in line. You don't. I spent in my line group, and we're we're very... The person who runs it is very uh, strict with us, and we appreciate that. Let me back up, and I'll just give an overview of how we run our line. We have, um, before we even get to the convention, we have a spreadsheet worked out. We know who's going to be taking which gift. We um, we always have uh, one, the one-to-five ratio in line. 
We even this year, and I wholeheartedly fully endorse this plan to other line groups and wish other line groups and even CCI would adopt this plan, that we hand out wristbands to the members of our line group. So at the beginning, say five people are in line, they're holding a space for 30 people, and they get 30 wristbands issued by CCI for their their group. I, this is where I'm going to quickly jump in. I actually, have, I'm of the opinion that the 30 people should actually be in the line at the beginning when those wristbands are handed out. I, you know, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind Because at least that. then there's, there's a definite, there's a determined space. There's a definite group of people. Right. Or, or I mean, or with those five people, you hand those five people those 30 wristbands. And you only get your wristband by the group monitor, whomever that happens to be for whatever shift, when you complete your shift. And that's how it was with our group. You know, so and just to go back to Aaron's point, and we'll come back to, to all of this, but to go back to Aaron's point, um, you don't have to spend the whole, I don't want to spend the whole time in line, and I don't want to require those 30 people to spend the entire time in line. I don't think that's fair. Um, we could go back to the old method, though, if people want, and then people would start queuing up probably on Friday for a Saturday show, like they or used Thursday, to. Or, or Thursday. Maybe. I don't know. Are, do you really think that a lot of people, I think you get a lot more people competing for Hall H because you can do the line groups than you would if you required that person to be in line the entire time. Do you actually think that CCI will, will use wristbands again after, you know, the... Uh, That's a very, very good question. Uh, I personally don't think they will. No. Um, <laughs> I, I personally think they will adopt some RFID technology. I, did, I was quite encouraged by uh, the talkback panel uh, where... Um, he was talking about the fact that he likes his toys. He likes technology. He likes uh, adopting new um, technology into it um, and that he would like to use the RFID, at which point he then has other people uh, at CCI and in the committee turning around and saying, well, that could fail and that could fail. Let's just keep it, you know, uh, KISS, as it were. Um, so uh, he does, he understands he has to dial it back, but I personally don't feel that they'll be using wristbands purely because of the issue that we had on the Saturday with um, surreptitious wristbands being introduced into the mix. 450 ballpark of um, people that were shut out from Hall H because of uh, fake, fake wristbands. Uh, so I just, I personally feel that uh, they'll adopt some something to do with the RFID technology. That personally. would be wonderful. And you could certainly have it so that people had to say you had that um, 30 people in, in a line group. Those 30 people, when they did their shift, tapped in. So they're like they're activated. And when you go into Hall H the following day or day and a half, whenever, um, if you got a red light, <laughs> you know, then it goes into negotiation. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there's that. I mean, there's the other suggestion as well. I've been though it's slightly more draconian, but um, I uh, the uh, the the, we were talking about policing um, Hall H and indeed Comic Con generally. Um, The uh, the idea of having mobile um, readers that would then reprogram RFID badges. So if somebody was abusing the system or queuing up far too early or whatever someone could come up and tap their RFID and that that's it. Their badge is then null and void, um, which, okay, harsh, <laughs> harsh, but something has to be done. And I, or I, I don't know. Paper entry, pay extra to get into the big planners on Friday and Saturday. I really don't think they'll ever introduce that. No. I really don't think they'll introduce any kind of fast pass system at all. Uh, purely because it's, yeah. Old school Californian liberal arts rules. It's keeping it fair for everybody. So I don't think they'll ever introduce a fast pass system. Karen okay. um, Sutton asks whether or not people who were shut out for Saturday, uh, the first uh, were shut out for the first panel only or for the whole day. I thought they were shut out for the whole day effectively because nobody left. Correct. Um, it was it was the reason why they um, it's why Eddie kept coming out in between the panels saying, OK, if you do spot any spare seats, please move forward so we can actually find some spare seats for people outside to come in. They were trying to get people mm-hmm. into the room. But at the end of the day, nobody was leaving. It, they, they were yeah. And, but in, to go back to your point earlier about draconian. Um, with the mobile scanners, um, I think you have to have a uh, you place a hold the, that person in line would place a hold on the badge and then they would have to go to a different spot, perhaps in the volunteer area or um, a booth in the in the hallway of the, you know, someplace they would have to go someplace else to yeah. uh, negotiate that because. I don't think you can have somebody who's standing in the middle of um, uh, the promenade back behind the convention center who doesn't have the authority determining who can and can't use their, you know, just effectively kicking people out. I don't think that's yeah. fair. You, you okay. guys know the center better than I do, but the good thing about D23 for the live action panel, they moved you into a room which you pretty much could not jump in. The lines were Secure and it was, you know, there was, the lights were on, the music was playing and stuff. But is there nothing like that in San Diego that you, you could take the queue and move it inside? There's no, no. space. There's, no. there's nowhere for them to do it. No car. They, they, they try to do that in terms of the, the tents. Uh, yeah. That's effectively their holding pen. Um, right. But it's the loading people into the holding pen first, which I think is uh, proving to be uh, the big hassle as well. And that was one of the questions that I asked uh, Gil um, from the convention center uh, about the expansion. When because in theory, if it does all manage to find funding, that the expansion would enable the uh, rooftop where um, David Glanzer mentioned a few years ago about putting the possibility of lines. And I was wondering, can you cordon off that space and um, make it more secure for um, lines? Yeah. So that, but that's a long-term solution. That's not next year. 
This is where we now have to stop. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about um, 2018 then. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of had a couple of suggestions, or we've kind of talked about where, or certainly my my thoughts that I don't think they're going to use wristbands. I mean, it's a very awkward question to ask. I mean, because we can't we we can't determine anything. We can't make any suggestions without knowing the the whole story, which only CCI can really have but do we do you have any suggestions as to what you feel um they could do um we'll go to um we'll go to graham first i mean what obviously there was this issue of early lines and uh, to be honest to, to some degree marvel played this beautifully in that they had that infinity wars uh, footage come out the weekend before everyone was gagging to see that stuff yeah. at which point then you get all of this anticipation is there any way that they could cap the line before anything? I mean, what's your what's your thoughts? What's your suggestions? I think online lottery, something like that, um, where you know, randomly get allocated. Um, you, you've got to do something. You make the use of technology. Get away from people having to queue up for two days to get into a panel. It's not it, it's not good for CCI either because they're lo- you know they've got you've got empty rooms. You've got people lo- losing revenue on the floor. Um, you know, online lotteries, I think, is perhaps a way to go. The problem, there's too many problems with lotteries. People, people enter the lottery and then they're going to sell it. Um, or they're going to enter the lottery and not show up. So the room's going to be half empty. You know, there's too many. Link it, link it to your badge, right? So you've got your badge, you link it to that. Uh, and you can sign up and you've got four people, you've got to allocate that person, and they're not transferable. So here's the badge numbers, and then they come along, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm suggesting a slightly more radical idea, and it's a combination of the running man and Logan's run. A a, a dot on your hand which glows when uh, you've been selected, and if you don't show up, then a small explosive (laughs) embedded... um, or, or, okay, or, bear with me. Ladies and gentlemen, the new direction of Suicide Squad 2. Yeah. Okay, um, so, I mean, any any thoughts from yourself that, I mean, what's being said on the forum? Any suggestions? Um, there's been a lot said. There's an 11 page thread on the forum about constructive suggestions. And, you know, of course, there's some digression and and whatnot but um and to be honest with you i have not read everything i wish i had read that this um i wish i had thought to read everything about this beforehand regardless i think the linking it to rfid having somebody monitor the lines when you get into the line i think is the way to go um and so perhaps uh, a more cordoned off uh, area on the promenade so that people, um, you had to tap in and tap out, or you had to tap in to activate your, your, uh, your spot in line. Um, I think something like that with a, some sort of a master list might, might work. I'm not sure about the specifics, though. I don't know enough about the technology, and, and if the RFID technology is 
reliable enough if CCI has that capability? I know. The problem really is just Saturday, isn't it? I mean, I, I did Friday holidays. I queued up from 3 o'clock on Thursday afternoon, got my wristband about 9 o'clock, went to bed, came back at 4 o'clock in the morning, and we had good seats. We were quite far forward. Mm-hmm. Saturday is the issue. So take, take Marvel, take Warner Brothers, move one on to Thursday, move the other one to Sunday, bounce out. It doesn't, I, they no, no. They, the, the Marvel and Warner Brothers say, this is the slot I want. I won't come unless I get this slot. Warner Brothers wants first thing and Marvel wants last thing. And CCI can't say, no, you, we're not going to let you come. We're not going to give you that slot because they won't come. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, unfortunately that is the reality of the situation. I mean, we, we, we it, it's, it's panel spaces are, while they are allocated by uh, the uh, programming department, they are requested by uh, certain companies, which is why you have had uh, you had the last ship um, in in Hall H. Um, at the end of the day, that was a requested panel. That was they. That's where they wanted to be. They wanted to bounce off the excitement that they were going to get for um, Supernatural and off um, Doctor Who. And then they showed up late and left early, so it wasn't a, I believe it wasn't a great battle. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of comments uh, coming in. Uh, I, I, I'm glad that Andrew Dickinson stuck a smiley face at the end of his suggestion. Put all the whole HQs at Petco. <laughs> oh, that, oh, Petco, it really is the, the catch-all solution for everything. Uh, but no, he's put a smiley face on it, I get it. Um, then again, I can certainly imagine there's somebody out there that would say, okay, just lead him across the bridge. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it that way. Um, yeah, whatever. Um, Michael Leventhal, I think it boils down to having CCI work with groups better. Uh, they ask people how big their group is, then they can randomly monitor groups for ratios and hand out just that amount of bands to the group leader. Uh, one suggestion. Yes, exactly. Thank you for saying it much better than I did, Michael. Yay. <laughs> um, I mean, having professional I, staff on rather than just volunteers. Yes. You need you need to put more resources into the line management. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think we can also talk about very quickly um next year uh in terms of 2018 in terms of the programming because I've turned around and said that uh ideally uh, ideally I'd want to skip Hall H and let's explore other other things. At then point, you then talk about the first proper panel for Justice League, um, G- uh, Green Lantern Corps, um, Aquaman, uh, Fantastic Beast 2, uh, Captain Marvel, um, all the stuff from Marvel in terms of what they've got for the next phase, the first proper Infinity War uh, panel, at which point you start... <laughs> Quite yeah, you know, shaking a bit, and yeah, and yeah, the the temptation is a bit much. Um, but it's, I think it's going to be just as manic next year. So now we really have to hope that CCI can find some solution. Here's a poll. Quick question to the pair of you: Will they try and do something new, or will they stick with what they've got? They'll do something new. 
I, they, have I, yeah, they have to. They've lost money. They've lost money because of the, the wristbands. I think they they have to try something new. Yeah, they, they've got to try something new. And I don't see unless they decide to reduce the ratio and go back to the old system of everybody has to be in line for the entire time. Unless they go back to that, they've got to do something with line monitoring. Okay. Well, I'm certain that there's, I mean, this is just a half an hour debate about this or just a, a conversation about this, and I'm certain there's more to it. Um, hopefully, Alyssa, you can share the link to the um, the thread, please. Uh, I'd like to read that. 11 pages worth of constructive criticism. <laughs> Some people... On a, on, on a, on a forum. Yes. All of it constructive? Really? Okay. I say that. I, I said, you know, of course there's going to be digression. But everybody has, you know, has a nugget. I, I really believe that a lot of people do have a nugget and right. of, of uh, motivation and valid thought. So I, I think that, that I'm going to try and share it, but I have problems with it because they, you know, they don't like threads being, they don't like tweet and we can, we can reshare that because I'd, I'd like to see that. Okay. So that's Hall H. Um, I am going to be posting my post about Hall H tomorrow. Uh, please do uh, jump in and uh, have a look and any comments, of course, do uh, uh, reply to me on Twitter or social media. Let me know what your thoughts uh, are about uh, my recap of Hall H uh, 2017. Right, uh, next on the docket, because uh, let's see if we can uh, do this in 10 minutes or so. What's, what are the odds? Um, thing that Alyssa wants to talk about in terms of um, the current political climate and um, is it appropriate for media like ours and comics uh, to... Uh, make a statement on such things. Uh, Alyssa, take it away. Sure. Um, it's going to hold me up in, in posting that link. <laughs> but I'll post the link later on or I'll tweet it out to you. Later. Okay. Um, the point that I'm trying to make is that a lot of people are rightfully um, voicing opinions, political opinions, um, to the point where this morning, uh, comicsology put out, and I'm trying to get to the um, Comixology put out uh, top 10 or top five paperbacks that uh, trade paperbacks, trade comics that folks should be, should read. And it was like Comixology is getting into this and suggesting that people take a look at, at trade paperbacks like the, the, um, the series by the Congressman uh, John, I've forgotten his last name, but March. Um, John Robinson, I, I, uh, the civil rights war, um, civil rights icon, um, who's a congressman in the Southern Atlantic, in the uh, North Atlantic states. Um, they also suggested kindred and black history and Clement, Clement, I'm not sure about that one. Enough space for everybody and Nat Turner. Is it appropriate for us as media people? to talk about that. I personally, even though I have very strong feelings about it, have stayed away from posting anything about what's been happening um, on my friends of CC Twitter feed. Um, um, are you talking about us as commentators? Or are you talking about the creators themselves? Should they weigh in? I'm talking about us as, as commentators. 
and comic and comicsology is i mean while they're not a commentator they certainly are uh uh they certainly have their eyes you know a lot of people read their read their stuff and read their uh their products and use their services so i guess that's what i'm i'm trying to talk to to think about is is how how much is too much i mean when you start getting um one side either the left or the right really dominating the media um and what's being presented then the other side feels as though they don't have a voice and it's a dialogue our country the the united states and i know that i'm speaking to two brits here so <laughs> no i'm Scot- i'm scottish it's different oh, no, no. We, we've had our own we've had our own conflict ourselves between, yeah. but i yeah. mean you, you have to have you have to have a, a situation that's free for both sides to speak out in and it's so vitriolic at this point that and I, and i guess that's where i kind of wanted to open up the conversation and to start talking about what's appropriate and what isn't appropriate and it's not it's uh, hard to say what is but no i mean from from myself um certainly on the englishman uh, twitter feed and on the uh, englishman social media uh, i do try and keep it very um i keep try and keep the uh, politics uh, to some degree uh, dialed back i do dial i do chime in on uh, say uh, diversity and uh, sexual politics but certainly not the actual uh, politics of the US I try and dial back <laughs> on my personal feed that's a whole other ball game uh, but uh, I, I try to uh, dial back on uh, certainly the, the the left and the right uh, debate um, on the personal feed when it comes to the actual creators uh, it's something that I'm actually going to hopefully bring up uh, I'm going to be speaking to John Tyler Christopher as an artist at uh, Ice Birmingham and it's going to be one of the questions I'm going to put to him how much pressure is actually on artists nowadays to actually have a, a political voice um and how important it is and what kind of pressure they get to actually uh, maintain a political voice and also to dial it back i'm i'm curious about this myself um or uh, in, in in terms of comicsology making that list um I, dan berry's uh, made a very good point that comicsology is owned by Amazon and Jeff Bezos, who owns the Washington Post, which is very anti-Trump. So he's got a editorial uh, element to it already. It, it, it's already there's going to be that uh, kind of um, statement being made by comicsology purely because of who owns it. Alyssa, no, that that makes sense, and but I'm. Um, there's but the pressure while you make a good point about the um the pressure on the the creators i think also and i think the echo is coming from me uh, but i i don't have any headphones so i've got to get some um i think that there is pressure from one side or the other to that assumes because you are a creator you're going to have x y and z views and you need to be vocal about those views i think that kind of pressure happens too in addition to the um the pressures that you were talking about um 
Does that, does that make any sense? Am I making no, sense? No, 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 that makes sense. I mean, the, I think we can also talk about some very specific uh, examples, which are being brought up on the Q&A. Uh, Captain America, I think, is the big high-profile um, uh, storyline uh, this year as part of uh, Secret Empire. Um, I've kind of, it's one, it's one area that I've kind of dialed back on my comments on, because I'm actually a supporter of Nick Spencer's view, which is, at the end of the day, He's telling a story, and uh, it's pointless condemning a story if you haven't had that story play out, because uh, you are then just condemning one episode. But then you also have to take into context the whole idea of what Captain America stands for. And at the end of the day, that has weight. It has import. It has um, uh, consequences. Um, so I find, I find myself very conflicted. But for myself, I want to read the whole story before I condemn a whole story. Uh, so I, I personally can't weigh in on Nick Spencer's contribution uh, because he's the guy behind it. He's the guy that's orchestrated the storyline. And it has been supported and published by Marvel. It's not, it's not exactly him sitting in a room somewhere and just throwing the scripts in and going, publish it or else. There's been a determined plan for this thing so they knew what they were getting into um so it, i i i don't know it, it it gets interesting um and then you have sarita p that does mention about the uh the the uh the x-men gold issue where the artist actually put in a um a hidden religious view uh and was fired for that uh uh for that um uh, on that case it wasn't something that was planned. He put that in surreptitiously, so I can understand why he was dismissed. Um, in terms of Secret Empire, that's a whole, it's a different ballgame. But that kind of goes to the point, is that um, it's okay to, it seems like in the media, because it is so left, um, that it's okay to voice opinions that are to the left. But it's not okay to voice opinions that are to the right. And that's, I think that's, that's in essence what I'm, I'm talking about. I mean, I don't have, I, I'm about free speech. I'm about people being able to say what, what they need to say. Um, my opinions are, are more towards the left. Absolutely. Um, you know, but even I'm feeling the need to justify my, my, views even because I'm speaking out for people who are more towards the right. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's a fine balance here. And I think that we all as people need to look at um, what, what the media, what roles the media plays in this and what we contribute in our social media that influence um, what other people contribute. I don't know. I, I'm off on a tangent here, guys. <laughs> we can certainly move to the week in TV too. <laughs> no, I think it's definitely uh, it's. This is not something that we can talk about in ten minutes. It's right. it's such a massive debate. Um, I think if we boil it down to the original question, which is, should um, the media actually? Uh, talk about these issues and is it appropriate um i personally think it is uh, I, I think it was from the day that those characters were created i mean aaron neighbors is uh, stating 
it's perfectly fine to talk about how Jack Kirby fought fascism in comics and in real life. It's not only contextual for his 100th birthday, but it's also relevant to recent events. And I, I totally agree with that. Um, Gra- Graham, what's, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, to be honest, um, I, I watch, you know, I watch program stuff um, to be entertained. You know, watching news to get my to get my information on, on events in there. I, I've, I'm not really. I, I want to just stay out of it, to be honest. I want to be entertained. I want to get the news. I, I have my own opinions, and I simply keep to myself. I don't think anyone should be pushing their own agenda. Um, but we we've got, we all have a right to be uh, informed and entertained, don't we? Okay. No, that makes sense. I think the difficulty is that nowadays everyone um, is almost encouraged to have an agenda yeah. um, on either side. So it's very, uh, very much a case of then what, where does that agenda then become the story or is it feeding the story or is it um, you know, where, it's, where it's influencing or is it just something that is just informing the story? I think it's that's where people are getting um, kind of riled up because people. I mean, there are certain Twitter feeds out there that are really jumping on top of creators at the moment, uh, mentioning no names, pointing the fingers. Um, in that, they are being very uh, judgmental on creators that are pushing agenda rather than story. Uh, at which point, you then this is the, yes. I'll, whole of the conversation it's it turns into a totally different ball game so okay now that's something that i think we can continue to talk about as the the months go on i'm certainly curious to return to this topic once secret empire's finished i think that would be an interesting topic to come back to okay um week in tv oh this has gone very quiet No, you haven't unmuted yourself, dear. You're on mute, Alyssa. Okay. There you go. Sorry. I will remember. What's happened is I've gotten, um, my, I've got a travel kit, and I don't. my travel kit has got my headphones in it, so I don't quite have them. Um, oh, my God. So has everybody binged all of the Defenders? Am I the only one who's not, like, I still am, like, behind on four episodes? I'm I'm before on five. <laughs> you'll, you'll die in the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of uh, worked that one out. Um, no, I um, I live with a couple of people that uh, certainly one of them doesn't like episodic television. Um, is constantly asking me, oh, so what's happening here? What's happening there? Um, why are they doing that? And I'm just going, oh God Almighty! Um, so. I've, I'm just I'm going to watch them all on Monday and just get it out of the way then. But so no, that's, I'm I'm behind. That's why I banned my wife from we, we sat in the bins at Friday night and Saturday morning. We sent her out shopping. That <laughs> <laughs> kitchen. Um, sorry. No. I I got to admit it would be hard close shopping with you know <laughs> with. Or, or uh, defenders. That would be that would be an interesting choice. Um, I personally had the choice of my son is catching up on Game of Thrones, so he's currently in season five because he's read the books and has been book snobby about Game of Thrones with me for so, like. So, he, so he's occupied. 
so well no he was wanting to binge game of thrones and i was like kind of going well that would be okay but i really needed to binge defenders so um it's, I, it's, it's definitely worth it it's a really good series yeah no so i'm gonna, I'm gonna finish the end of it um i've seen a couple of people who've been kind of a little um not as interested in it um, have any, has anybody heard any kind of negative things about it? I'm, I'm looking at the Q&A, too. Most of those that talk about Iron Fist. It's about Iron Fist again. Yeah, um, it's positive, I think. I mean, I, I would put it on a par with, with Jessica Jones. Not as good as um, Daredevil Season 1 because it was standout brilliant. But it, it's good, you know, we, we really yeah. enjoyed it. It's, there's good action. <laughs> Uh, Iron Fist is still a bit annoying, yes. Yep. Uh, Jessica Jones is hilarious. She's the heart of the piece. It's well written. It's it, you know, it looks fabulous. It just the, the one one concern I always had with uh, both Iron Fist uh, with um, Jessica Jones to some degree as well. I felt that they overprogrammed the episodes. That it could have all the story could have been done in two episodes less than the actual they, run. This is this I is an eight. This is an eight episode run. Does it hold up over the eight episodes? Yes, yes. It, it doesn't feel that laggy. I think, I think I read that um, Netflix forced them to do thirteen episodes for the individual episodes, and, and that's why you've got quite a bit of filler. But the eight it fits really nicely. Um, I, I didn't think it, it was particularly laggy. I think it was good. Certainly when they got together, I think I, I thought the hand were a bit meh. You know, I, 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 yeah. they don't look exactly like the ninjas in the comics. No, then yeah, and, and Sigourney Weaver. Sorry, you're not as good as Kilgrave or Kingpin. Sorry, but Ooh. now yeah. is now is now is that Sigourney Weaver or the character? I, I think she's kind of phoning it in. Wow, I she, didn't, she just didn't just didn't have a lot to do. She didn't. The, the, she played it quite straight face, stay quite. The problem, I think the problem is, though, in the script, Graham, I think that she doesn't have the physical gravitas that Ben had, and so I think that he, that she, um, she couldn't do that, and for them to cast her that way. Even the lady who played Madame Gow, I think, has more presence in the the episodes than she did. That's a good point. It was a better. She was a better rounded character. When it was, they left you with a lot of questions um, around her. Mm-hmm. I, I, no spoilers, like because you're not seen the end of it. But I, I, I think it's a bit of a wasted opportunity to have a, a, an actress of that caliber and not give her more to do. Mm-hmm. That's a shame. That's a shame. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking. Uh- the other other programs that are on the way. Um, I mean, I, I know that everyone's talking about the Tick, which is uh, premiering this week. Now, I've seen the first episode because uh, it's been on Amazon Prime as a pilot for some time now. Um, but we actually get the full. Do we get the full series yeah. this week, or is it going to be a weekly post? I believe it's a full series. I know that one of our writers, Anat, has um, reviewed, has seen episodes two and three. And enjoyed it. Um, I, what he uh, and his review is going to come out, I think, today, later on today or tomorrow. Um, but he uh, he really enjoyed the um, the darkness of this rendition of the tip, as opposed to the earlier um, episode, the earlier show 
that was done a few years ago. So you kind of get that play of um, lightheartedness and harshness um, in, you know, within the, the tech universe. So I think I'm looking forward to seeing it, and I that's I intend to to watch it too. The other show I'm, that I'm, we, I'm still absolutely stunned at how much Amazon threw at it at San Diego. The amount of promo for this, you couldn't turn around and not see something about the tick. It was the tick, for God's sake. Wow. It just, <laughs> what on the earth? Thing, yeah, the thing that annoys me the most about the tick is the fact that I was um, in Boston when it first started uh, being written, and I did not. I did not think much of the idea and did not jump on board. And I'm kind of shooting myself for that now. Moving on. <laughs> so that happens towards the end of the week. Um, we also have got uh, a show that I like, a live show, uh, Face Off, is doing a spinoff um, called Game Face, which the only thing we really know about it is that it's going to have electrifying um, a- a aspect to it, so I'm looking for more, um, uh, more, more stuff, more um, uh, prosthetics and and you know uh, manipulation, more uh, characters. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um, we also get tonight in the states, uh, Return of the Last Ship, uh, for I think it's fourth and final season. I'm still with this show, and I know a lot of people um, have kind of left it, but I do like the military, and I do like, you know, that those kinds of shows. I think um, so. so I'm, you're, I'm gonna, you're the reason why we got Battleship. Thank you. We really appreciate that. That was awful. It <laughs> was a popcorn movie. You guys like a horse on it. Yes, it was formerly, but. Yes. I'm winding you up, you know. Come on. Um, and, but we've also got the mag, mag, um, the series, death, not the series, the show Death Note. Yeah. Um, the manga series. <laughs> oh, hello. There's, that, was was on, yeah. that was a response. Yeah, someone was yeah. Well, yeah, that's the show. Said. Yeah, that's what he shot, he's got a Death Note shirt on, he's a big fan of it. Ah. There you go. I got the entire season on my iPad now. Yeah, thank goodness iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Must be unfortunate. Um, I enjoy it, yeah. Good. Cool. According, um, again, I not um, was able to, to, to do a preview of the show. Um, some fans of the original manga series may be a little disappointed because it is translated into the western Western culture so that's just kind of a but that said i would kind of be interested if i wasn't so uh hesitant about horror i would probably um watch it because it looks like it's an interesting concept and i enjoy the idea of writing somebody's name down and having, you know, being able to be judge, jury, and executioner. There's a live um, version coming shortly, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, yeah Netflix are doing a live version of it. That's, yeah, that's the, that's the westernized version that she's referring to, yeah. yeah. 
Hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm personally, well, I just want to get defenders out of the way. Let's, let, let me just get defenders out of the way and we'll go from there. Yeah, um, an extended version of Game of Thrones tonight. Um, so it's going to, you know, for me to be on the wall. It's really no. good. We're not going to go into how you saw that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention is that here in the States, um, we've got uh, the eclipse happening on Monday. And I am a huge eclipse buff. So science buff. So, and their shows, PBS Nova is going to be doing a special on it. They've got this thing where there's going to have two, um, science planes following along and getting seven minutes full of data about the sun's corona and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, but the science channel is going to be having a special on it too. So, um, all of that. Uh, one final thing is we say goodbye to the mist. Wyona Earp, Dark Matter, and Wrecked this week. How did, how's Wrecked gone down uh, in the US? I don't know. I love the offsite this year. That was really cool. I got a That's, that's the thing. Uh, all I know about it is the offsite. <laughs> I saw like 15 minutes of it, and I couldn't deal with sitcoms. It Single-camera formulaic sitcoms. But maybe it got better. I don't know. Somebody speak up. No, that's fair enough. Um, we've got uh, Michael P. The Defenders is good, but the ending is disappointing. Uh, Angela Copley. The last ship was renewed for season four and five at one time. We're still into it. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron Nabus. Uh, joining um, Sarita P. Really looking forward to more Castlevania, uh, which, I've, yeah, I've been hearing some really positive notes about that as well. Um, also, um, uh, Angela Copley is talking about uh, Halt and Catch Fire that started up again last night, uh, yeah. which is a, I'm a big fan of the, the, the cast of that show. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm up for checking it out, but um, no, for me, I think it's Defenders and the Tick this week. It, Halt and Catch Fire. I'm a fan of Halt and Catch Fire too. And I've, I'm behind in my episodes of it. Um, it, for those people who haven't seen it, it's kind of, it's people focused about on, um, it's more of a drama about people focused who deal with computers. So they're a little bit quirky. They're computer people, you know, it's that type of thing. And it, it's how it all evolved. Not, not necessarily how it all evolved, but uh, a reasonable way, a uh, fictionalized version of how it all evolved. So it's, sure. it's fun. I find it interesting. Cool. Excellent stuff. Right. I think we can pretty much wrap things up then and uh, let you get off and prepare for your, Solar Eclipse, which, by the way, um, as far as I'm aware, uh, when it actually happens, if it um, remains dark forever, uh, that's the apocalypse, just to let you know. Um, so, All the signs yeah. are pointing towards it. It's an option that's not off the table, okay? I, I will say that I have seen some very funny memes recently that have gone along the lines of, if if you don't like uh, our current political climate, give us a sign. You know, make the sun go dark. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I, I kind of I thought those were funny. <laughs> wow. Because we right. have to, okay. We're all human beings, and we have to laugh at it. 
I think so too. I think as well. Excellent stuff. Right. Um, uh, there's some breaking news that is, um, cropping up on the Q and A, which I'm certain that will get mentioned, but it's, it's not exactly relevant to, uh, uh, San Diego Comic Con or Con Culture. So we'll move on from that. But, um, uh, yeah, do check, uh, social media. You, there is, uh, some breaking news, especially if you're a fan of your classic American comedy. Right. Do take care. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Alyssa, where can people find you online? People can find me on the Twitter for at friends of CCI and on my forum and blog at friends of CC.com. There's stuff. an Instagram in there someplace, but I don't remember it. <laughs> I'm going to have to share your, Insta, your social media stuff at some point. You can just one big post and just say, look, there she is. There you go. There you find it. Excellent stuff. And um, yeah, you say you're more of a lurker, but you've got to be out there somewhere. Graham, where can people find you? Um, typically on, on Facebook, on the uh, UK attendees group, on there, occasionally on Twitter. Uh, and if anybody's going to London Super Comic Con on Friday, look out for me. I'm going to be there. Excellent. Well, that's going to be that's a nice segue into me. Uh, hopefully next week we will be coming from uh, London Super Comic Con. Uh, this is held in the capital uh, over the course of Saturday, uh, sorry, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, uh, I'm hoping that we'll try and grab a couple of uh, special guests. If not, it will be my uh, review of the event. Uh, this is if I can actually make it, because it's all down to funds at this point. Um, and this is where I also nicely segue into, if you could please follow and support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash EnglishmanSDCC. Of course, you can find, find me uh, and my bits and pieces on anenglishmaninsandiego.com and all the uh, social media at EnglishmanSDCC. Do take care. Enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, Americans, enjoy your apocalypse. Your lunar <laughs> eclipse tomorrow. Uh, and of course, we'll hopefully see you all next week. Uh, from us to you, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Good night.